Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I'm Mark Anthony, and this is Demolition News Radio, episode 120. In this episode, the loneliness of the long-distance demolition man. This podcast is sponsored by WillowHire.com, the UK's leader in dust suppression equipment. Kick the dust into touch with our new, bigger and better all-in-one dust suppression units for hire. Call Willow on 01582 840045. We live in an era in which we now greet every celebrity suicide with a media outpouring of grief and a facade of mental health empathy that barely conceals the desire to sell more newspapers off the back of an untimely and tragic death. The deaths of singers Chester Pennington and Chris Cornell were treated in this way. More recently, the death of celebrity chef Anthony Bourdain was met with a day or two of choreographed media sadness, followed by several more days recounting Bourdain's heroin addiction and bad boy of oak cuisine reputation. We almost expect our rock idols to check out early. As Roger Daltrey put it so eloquently on my generation, hope I die before I get old. Anthony Bourdain's death was harder to explain, and harder to take. Although he unquestionably and very publicly flirted with a rock and roll lifestyle, he was a successful chef and an accomplished author. He put the drink and drugs behind him. He appeared to have the world at his feet. And he was 61 years old, surely old enough to be past the age of youthful angst. But there was something else that hit me about Bourdain's untimely passing. It was the fact that he did it while working in France, away from friends and family. This hit me doubly hard. For one thing, my former business partner committed suicide in much the same way. And for another, when I had my own mental health issues a few years back, during what my family now refer to as my mental wobble, the one factor that I found hardest to deal with was an intense feeling of loneliness. I'm happily married. I have four adult children. Both my parents are still alive. And yet, When I was in the midst of my wobble, I felt isolated and totally alone. Whether that was a factor in Anthony Bourdain's death, we will probably never know. But as someone that has experienced mental health issues, and who has seen suicide up close, I would not be even a tiny bit surprised if it was. Demolition News Radio, the independent voice of the global demolition industry. In my case, my loneliness wasn't real. It was imagined. It was something my mind created when I was at my lowest, when I was vulnerable enough to believe it. My father had been seriously ill. My best friend had been killed in a motorcycle accident. And my youngest son had just gone to university. Taken in isolation, I could probably dealt with all of these. But they all landed in my lap within the space of just a few weeks. And without warning, I found myself sat in a car park, crying uncontrollably to myself. At no point did I ever have any thought of hurting myself, or anyone else for that matter. Although the fact that I did a disappearing act hurt my wife and children indirectly. Even now, several years later, I'm expected to explain just where I'm going when I leave the house, and to give an indication of when I might be expected to return. That's a scar that will not heal for a long time. Quite what caused me to run away, I have no idea. I have no recollection of quite why I chose that specific car park or of what I hoped it might achieve. In fact, the only memory I have of that day and night is a feeling of unfathomable and all-consuming loneliness. There were dozens of people I could have called. There were a handful that I should have called. But for the hours that I was sat in that car park, I felt like the last man alive on earth. 
Demolition News Radio is the podcast of demolitionnews.com and the Demolition Magazine. Now, before you break out the violins and the happy pills, I'm okay. I'm not sharing this for sympathy. I got help. I'm fine. But that feeling of loneliness has never really gone away. I've never smoked, although both my parents and my wife have. They all quit years ago, but they all admit that the craving lurks just below the surface, particularly at times of stress or anguish. My loneliness is like that. That's why I empathise with Anthony Bourdain. More importantly, that's why I'm concerned for the mental health well-being of demolition workers. Many moons ago, I interviewed Nicola Elvey, an occupational nurse who runs a company called Building Health. Elvie carries out regular health checks on demolition workers for a number of big-name companies, and she made for a fascinating and informative interview. One of the many things that came out of that interview is the fact that, in many ways, the demolition worker lifestyle is like a perfect storm for health issues. Many demolition workers today live a nomadic lifestyle that takes them away from home for days, weeks, and even months at a time. That makes it difficult to arrange appointments with their usual GP and their dentist. As a result, the sort of ailments and relatively minor issues that we take in our stride go untreated. In what often feels like a hangover from a bygone era, far too many demolition workers smoke. A diet consisting primarily of canteen food and takeaway can lead to weight gain, diabetes, and in extreme cases, heart disease. A good many demolition workers drink in the evening to relieve the boredom of being away from their friends and families for extended periods of time. Those conditions are a perfect storm for physical health problems. The situation that causes them are a breeding ground for mental health issues. As I record this, my wife and my youngest daughter are on holiday in Greece. I know, it's alright for some. And while both my sons are still here, the house feels different, wrong, empty. I can only imagine returning alone to digs in some far-flung corner of the country each night with only the TV for company facing the prospect of another takeaway dinner, possibly going to the pub to relieve the boredom, my wife and my kids hundreds of miles away. There was a time when most demolition companies worked close to home, but as in so many industries, you have to go where the work is. And with the rise of the National Demolition Company came a rise in the number of demolition men working away from home, far from the physical health care of their doctor and dentist far away from the support and unspoken mental health care of their family and friends, trapped with work colleagues that they may or may not get along with, stir into that mix concerns over job security and the constant pressures heaped upon demolition men by clients that expect everything yesterday. And it's a wonder the offices of UK psychologists and psychiatrists are not filled entirely with struggling demolition men and women. To subscribe to The Demolition Magazine, just head over to demolitionnewsstore.com. As far as I can see, there is very little that can be done in demolition working practices that will ease this threat. We live in an age of constant pressure and excessive client and customer demands. We live in an age where demolition men and women are required to adopt a nomadic lifestyle merely to make ends meet. But we also live in an age in which it's not just acceptable to share concerns over mental health. It's almost fashionable. So if you are struggling while you're working away from home, speak up, please. A problem shared is a problem halved. It's an old cliche, but trust me, it's true. And while your loneliness might feel all-consuming, bleak and insurmountable, it doesn't need to be. 
You might be lonely, but you're not alone. Thanks for listening. Demolition News Radio, dedicated to demolition.